Friends, will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, send your spirit now that the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts will be pleasing and glorifying to you for you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So there's a commercial I remember from a few years ago made by the car manufacturer Volkswagen. It's about a 25 second spot. Uh, it actually has no images of cars in it. All it is are these snippets of video of people laughing, like hysterical, infectious laughter. And at the end, there's a tagline that comes on the screen uh, that says, it's not the miles, it's how you live them. Right, so we'll include a link in the email today and on the website if you want to watch for yourself. But it's not the miles, it's how you live them. You know, when we meet Abraham and Sarah in our story today, these verses from the 18th chapter of Genesis that David has just read for us, there is the distinct feeling that we are meeting two people who are feeling the miles. Right, Abraham and Sarah's story began in chapter 12 of Genesis where God comes to Abram and he makes a promise with him. He cuts a covenant with him and the promise is that through Abram and his wife, God will bless all the nations of the earth. And yet in just those six chapters, over 20 years has now elapsed and still no child. And a lot's happened in those 20 years, right? Abram and Sarai, they've left their home at the age of 75 in a comfortable home at that, livestock, land, servants. They've traveled as far as Egypt, where Abram essentially sold his wife to Pharaoh in order to preserve his own life. They've had their names changed from Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah. Even in the story right before this one, Abraham and Sarah devised this plan to try and make the promise come true, where Abraham has a child with one of Sarah's servants, a child named Ishmael, but still there is an emptiness in them. When we get to this story, there's the distinct feeling that they are out in a wilderness, both a metaphorical and a literal one. Right? They're out there in the heat of the day, it says. I love that detail because... You and I here in Southeast Georgia have quickly become reacquainted with uh, just what the heat of the day can really feel like uh, in a Georgia summer. And in this place and, and in that heat, these three strangers seem to materialize out of nowhere. Now, we have the benefit of, of being able to read the whole story. And of course, we learn later on that these three strangers are in fact two angels and God, but Abraham and Sarah don't know that. Nonetheless, Abraham does what people in his culture both then and now do. He shows extravagant hospitality. They welcome them into their home. They, they kill the calf. They make cakes with the finest flour. They pour their best milk. And after the meal, one of the strangers takes Abraham aside and says to him, Abraham, by the time I return, you and Sarah will have a son. And then the most amazing thing happens. There's a sound that enters the story. A sound that comes from the tent nearby where they're talking. It is the sound of laughter. Sarah is laughing. And in her laughing, I think we hear something like, do you not realize that you made that promise to us 20 years ago too? 
We hear something like Sarah saying, do you not understand that I'm in my 90s? Right in that laughter, I think we hear Sarah letting it all out. Do you not appreciate how many miles we have already come? And then there's this exchange. There's this amazing exchange where God notices Sarah's laughter. Sarah, was that you laughing? Now, Sarah's afraid by this point. Nope, wasn't me, wasn't me. But God's God. Oh, yes, it was, Sarah. That was you laughing. You see, God notices the laughter in this story. And I think in that exchange, God wants us to notice the laughter too. So as I've been reading these verses this past week, over and over, I keep having these faces come to my mind. They're the faces of the, the five or six uh, women and men in my life who I consider to be among the most faithful people I have ever been blessed to know. Right? Women and men who actually approach that title that we all strive for, the title of Christian. And as I thought about them and, and their lives, they come from different places and different backgrounds, and yet there's one thing they all have in common. There's one characteristic that they each have. And it's their laughter, right? Every single one of these faithful people in my life are capable more so than almost anyone else I know of laughter. And not like the nervous, cautious, haha, leave me alone kind of laughter, like the belly laughter, right? Like that uninhibited, completely unselfconscious laughter that just wells up and pours out. Now, don't get me wrong, right? These are all people who have traveled miles themselves, right? These are people who have known sorrow in life, who have felt the sting of disappointment, who have felt the sting of death and, and of, of, of pain in life. But still, every one of them, every one of them still laughs, right? Like I, I think about this one person in particular who who not long ago, uh, like, uh, literally almost died. And then I went to visit them in their hospital room, and, and there they were in their gown, and they looked all beat up. But by God, they were laughing. Where does that come from? Right? What does that mean? What, what's the source of someone who can face those miles and yet still laugh? That's the question I've kept asking myself, and, and the best answer I can come up with is a single word. And the word is trust. You see, the, the story of Abraham and Sarah is ultimately a story of trusting God's promises. Right? Because over the span of all those years, from the time the promise is made, to the point that we reach in our story today, right? There are all of these challenges. The, the, the world, the, the reality that they are living in seems to fly in the face of the promise God has made. There is no way God can deliver on the promise of a child for this elderly couple. And that's what we're hearing in the laughter. It's this sarcastic, disappointed, hurt, angry laugh that Sarah has. But an amazing thing happens. Because this isn't the end of the story. 
Three chapters from now, Sarah will, will be holding a son named Isaac in her arms. And if you flip forward and read those verses in chapter 21, laughter shows up again. Except this time, I hear wonder and awe. And the fact that Abraham and Sarah have come to the awareness that the promises God makes, God keeps. Right? This is a theme. This is perhaps the theme of the entire scriptures. Think about the Exodus. They reach the Red Sea. They're done. But God makes a way. Think about the wilderness. 40 years. Can you imagine how many times you must wonder if God's going to make good on God's promise during 40 years in the wilderness of the desert? And yet, despite their misbehavior, despite their wandering, the day comes when God dips their toes into the Jordan and leads them into the promised land. Think about Jesus. Over and over, Jesus to his disciples, I will be killed and on the third day I will rise again. Over and over again, yeah, sure, whatever, Jesus. God makes good on God's promises. People who believe that to be true are people like those faces that come to my mind. They are people who can laugh no matter what. Now, the miles for all of us are real, right? Eugene Peterson, one of my spiritual heroes, he has that wonderful quote where he says, laughter does not exclude weeping. Just because we follow Jesus does not get us a get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to suffering. We will experience pain. We will experience sorrow. We will experience hurt. But even in the face of that hardship, we are people who can laugh because we know that that pain, we know that that suffering doesn't ultimately have the final say. We are people who can live from a trust, a place of trust, that the promises God makes to wipe away every tear to bring new life from dead and dying things that the promises God makes in Jesus Christ are promises that God keeps always. You see, it's not the miles. It's how you live them. And as followers of Jesus Christ, how we live the miles that this life will bring is with trust. And because of that trust, that trust that our God, who is a promise maker, is also a promise keeper, because of that trust, friends, we can laugh. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. There, there doesn't seem to be much, Alan, in the world today that is worth laughing about. And you're right. There is such real isolation in so many of our lives. There is such real worry and anxiety and grief that, that all of us are living with. 
right? The diagnosis that your loved one got or you got in the exam room just this past week, right? That is real, right? The miles are real. And it's amazing when I call those people in my life who are, who are those faithful faces. I see it in them too. I can, I can hear the depression in their voice as another week of quarantine rolls on, right? I can feel their despair as they read the news and watch the television, right? I can sense the weight of the grief for this world and for others and for themselves that they are all carrying. But every time I talk to them, at some point in the conversation, one thing always happens. Laughter. Deep, welling up laughter. They laugh because they know deep inside their soul that the promises of the God who has made them, who holds them, who walks with them, and who redeems them are promises that will ever and always be kept. You know, it makes me hope that if today God's looking down on our lives, perhaps God's looking down on, on our church and our ministry, our ongoing ministry together, it makes me hope that as God looks at the ways that we are serving and loving and living, God might ask us, now did I hear someone down there laughing? And we'll be able to say to God, yeah, yeah, you did. And the reply will come every time. I thought I did. Friends, it's not the miles. It's how you live them. And as followers of Jesus Christ, may we live the miles of this life with laughter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.